0: Hello and welcome to Thousand Yard Stare. I'm John Morrison, your host. I am 53 years old. I am a Generation Xer. And I'm here to ruminate on the current state of affairs in our country and Western civilization in general. It's been on my mind to do this for quite a while now. Uh, my uh, friends and relatives have been kind of encouraging me along these lines to... Uh, opine and uh, assess using this platform. And I've been kind of hesitant for the simple fact that there's millions like me saying the same thing. But then it kind of occurred to me that the grip that the present day corporate media has on people Is still very pervasive and it became very apparent through the last six months during the COVID massive overreaction. In my opinion, I'm not here to assert that the COVID uh, virus is fake or phony. I'm here to really raise the question as to why we are shutting down the entire economy over this particular virus. Uh, There are many other dangerous viruses. Uh, Yes, this one is unique in its nature in that it spreads unbelievably uh, fast. So it is ubiquitous. The death rate, though, is what it is. And I'm not here to minimize it uh, in any way, shape, or form. I'm here to question the the manner in which we proceed as as a society when it comes to these things. It just appears to me this whole kind of going back into your home, hiding, uh, limiting kind of uh, commerce, burying everything in regulation uh, over a, a disease really that does not kill anybody to any great rate. I'm a proceed with caution sort of person. Uh, That is to say that I don't believe that we should be reckless or stupid, of course, in anything. But if this disease was as dangerous and fatal as everybody says it is, uh, the average human being would not be reckless. I don't believe that if you knew, uh, if there were children in your district, school district, who were dying from the COVID that you would be putting your kids in school. I don't believe that you would go into a restaurant with your face mask on, sit down in a booth, pull off the face mask, while others are pulling off their face masks, spraying this deadly COVID virus all over the place. You wouldn't be doing it. So I don't believe the threat of this disease. And I would humbly submit that a good part of you listening... Don't either. so in in watching the compliance and the mass capitulation of people to the COVID restrictions and the shutdowns, it just occurred to me that uh, people are really buying this hook line and sinker. I don't know if they're buying it or if they don't believe it, but they're going along with it anyways. And it led me to believe that the grip of the legacy media is still extremely powerful, especially here in Canada, where I'm originating from. Uh, it's just kind of those who question it are considered wacky conspiracy theorists or irresponsible. And the belief is there. there is to be this mass... mass... Uh, unity in our response to this so-called health crisis and those that question it like myself question the the very notion of experts being scrubbed from the internet, frontline doctors, ep- epidemiologists, renowned epidemiologists from Ivy League schools being scrubbed, being gagged, being censored, being vilified by public officials. Here in Canada, we have uh, portfolio ministers who are have no background in science or medicine and they're making the call uh, we have here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada where i 'm originating from, we have uh, sick kids children's Hospital, which is a renowned world renowned children's hospital hospital, and they back in July, said it would be not wise to restrict school and that children should be allowed to attend. But no, our uh, local governments here see fit to absolutely disregard that information. And we're seeing this time and time again. We're seeing medical experts. We're seeing the New England Journal of Medicine coming out with information regarding face masks. New England Journal of Medicine uh, a couple of months ago had an issue saying to the effect, and I paraphrase, that you cannot contract the coronavirus just by walking by one another in a store. It is from unsustained contact rather for 10 minutes straight. So in seeing all this mass capitulation and seeing the grip that the legacy media has over the imagination and the emotions of a lot of people, it was just very disheartening. And I was discussing with my, with my cousin over the fire, uh, campfire around our cottage. And uh, a couple of beers into it, uh, he says, you know, you, you got to do this. You have to get these opinions out on a podcast or some sort of, uh, some platform. And I said, you know, I uh, kind of uh, disregarded that suggestion that you've made prior to this. But I'm seeing now... That as far as people like me are concerned, and people who question uh, authority, or question the, the, the government, question the media, the, uh, the Calvary is not coming. Uh, I think you'll notice on my podcast, the picture I have, the, from the symbol I have representing the thousand yard stare, is Godzilla. And Godzilla. If you look at the poster, it's actually representing Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh, Godzilla was kind of the movies that I was raised on. Um, I, I'm a child of the 70s, so the Saturday matinee in our town used to feature Godzilla movies, and that particular one was Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. And there was other ones, Godzilla versus Megalon, Godzilla. Uh, so I forget the names of some of the other classic ones, but they were B movies made in Japan. But for fifty cents, you know, a kid of ten years old could go off, and that was what you how you entertained yourself on a Saturday afternoon in the small town that I lived in. But my point is the plot of these movies centered around people being terrorized by certain monsters. And the citizens would rise up and lobby this big giant lizard, Godzilla, to come and, and save them. So they thought, well, listen, we have this big, powerful monster terrorizing us. We need a, another monster, our own monster, to counteract that. And it became and became apparent to me in that moment that there is no conservative Godzilla. There's no Godzilla for the right. Uh, people in the United States will say, well, we got, we got Fox News. Well, you know, Fox News is a corporation. Corporations are susceptible to being bought out by uh, different regimes, and in this case, I believe they've been purchased by Disney, hardly a conservative uh, platform. Disney. So you're seeing it. Fox News uh, trending to the left. You saw it in that very strange interview was it last week with Newt Gingrich, where he mentioned Mr. Soros's name, and they just everything went quiet they bailed out it was very weird awkward kind of moment Uh, all all Gingrich said was uh, Soros is financing a lot of leftist district attorneys in the United States and they are anti-cop so on and so forth and they just went into this like oh we don't need to bring George Soros's name into this and they kind of they bailed out of the interview and it's very strange because uh, old Newt is not seeing anything uh, that we don't already know. He's not saying anything that you can't find on George Soros's own website. He, in fact, is very public about it in his own website about how he is um, funding these campaigns in the United States. These these leftist uh, district attorneys who uh, hate the police, effectively. So you're seeing Fox News going that that direction. Uh, I don't believe. I don't believe that Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity and people like that are going to be kicked to the curb anytime soon. I think they're, you know, they're massive cash cows. So I don't think Disney can, in the short term, can resist holding on to them. So as I, uh, as I was spelling this out to my cousin, I said, you know, it's going to take people like you and me. It's going to take thousands of tiny ships to sink the big Leftist, Time Warner, CNN, New York Times, Toronto Star, CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Mothership. So it's going to take a lot of termites to undermine the giant uh, media industrial complex, educational industrial complex, the academia, Hollywood and uh, beltway washington elite it's going to take a lot of termites to undermine that and i want to sign up to enlist in the termite army if it involves the undermining of this uh, this gargantuan gorilla that is has its grip on the imaginations of millions of people across the world and if I can be that termite who undermines that pillar, then uh, my work is done. I also did it for my own personal uh, health. It's a need to vent. It's really my own for my own therapeutic uh, necessity to uh you know as a Gen Xer, of course, you know you, I, I grew up in a different era. but um so when I see things, I react. And you keep it inside, you internalize it, and it's not really healthy. There needs to be a feeling of release. So that's part of the reason. So I guess you're kind of indulging me in listening. You're listening to an old 53-year-old Gen Xer kind of uh, grump. But it's entertaining. I'm a good communicator. I do have a background in journalism. So I know somewhat of how the... uh, the sausage is, is created. So that is my mission statement. That was what I'm here to do in the Thousand Yard Stare, is to undermine, counteract the uh, the narrative. But also, the Thousand Yard Stare is the title. And what that means is, that's a military term. In combat, he had the Thousand Yard Stare. That's what a warrior will take on when he's in A foot soldier, when he's in a firefight or if he's on patrol, he has to look as far as he possibly can with the human eye to foresee anything dangers on the horizon. And I think that in our short-term thinking society, we've negated that. And I think as conservative, right-leaning, middle-of-the-road, common-sense Canadians and Americans... We did not use the thousand-yard stare. We have been thinking in the short term just like everyone else. And basically taking on the attitude of, it's it's me. It's me and my house. We will be a conservative. It's my own business. I'm not going to pry into other people's business because that's what a leftist does. A socialist believes that his view of the world is right and good, so therefore, he will impose it on you by whatever force, that are, with any means necessary. And as a conservative, I always found that extremely distasteful and unbecoming. Because my mother taught me at a very young age, one of the first things to do was mind your own business. So for me to impose my views on someone else is very uh, hypocritical. I wouldn't want to do that. And I was also raised in it with a Christian background, and I was always taught that God Himself doesn't force Himself on you. Only you can choose to serve God. Only you can accept Christ as your Savior. Behold, behold I stand at the door and knock," says Christ. So there is Jesus and God, who were you know the highest powers. You know that was impressed upon me from childhood was the power of God, and then I also you know learned through that theology was how it all depends on how much you, as an individual, choose to follow. So the right of the individual is something that is was pounded into me from a very early age. So the idea that I, as a conservative, would go and force my view on someone else is antithetical to the way I was raised. But as I look at the scope of history in the last thirty years and the look of way society has kind of slid. And I see the, the general kind of things that are coming in society right now, things that are becoming uh normalizing. I'm seeing uh pedophilia being normalized in uh in in media right now, and it's appalling. It's shocking some people, they're freaking out, and I'm like, well, You could see the trajectory probably 10 years ago. I don't know. You saw certain articles where we're like, the attitude was, these people are among us, these pedophiles. We have to deal with them somehow. We're not going to get rid of them. And which was a strange response to me. You know, it's a criminal act, it's a predatory behavior. But these people, through no fault of their own, are acting like this. So we as a society have to deal with it, quote-unquote. I'm not sure what that means. So inevitably, someone's going to bring up the idea of, uh, can we make this more palatable? Can we make make these people feel more comfortable? Either way, the postmodern attitude towards it is absolutely unsettling. If you come from a morally right or wrong view of the world, then it's very simple. It's predatory behavior, and it must be dealt with as such. So my point in saying all that is we kept quiet as conservatives. We kept quiet as um, people who love freedom, kept very quiet. We have not had any pull in the media had no voice in academia in fact in academia we've been uh, shunned and in entertainment of course Hollywood of course uh, has got no time for anybody of a conservative worldview and in fact scorn or belittle anybody who holds those views and there's this feeling of resignation among conservatives well uh, that's the, that's the left, that's Hollywood, that's New York. Let them have their life. Let them wallow in it, so to speak. And that was kind of my, my opinion as well. And I do believe that. I do believe in the right of every individual to wallow in whatever they want to wallow in. What I take issue with is that, is that it's now encroaching on me. It's encroaching on my life. And we're seeing double standards We're seeing leftists uh, committing scandalous acts in public office, and we're seeing Republicans being and conservatives being vilified. Uh, We have a a prime minister here in Canada, who uh, you may have heard of. I'm sorry, I apologize on behalf of him to all my American listeners. Uh, He was uh, has this strange proclivity to. Dress up in blackface. Very strange. And this is a very, comes from a liberal elite family. It comes from the gold standard of liberal uh, elite families, the Trudeaus. The Trudeaus in Canada are akin to the Kennedys in America. He comes from that kind of a family. His father was a liberal leftist icon. And one of the, strange. it's just very strange. Blackface has not been socially acceptable in any in any place, in any polite circles in Canadian society or American, I think for the longest time now, it just, it just looks, if you see it, it's just, it's just something that's not socially acceptable in any, in any circle. Least of all from a, a trust fund baby, from a wealthy, powerful family from uh, Montreal, the Trudos, For whatever reason, the, uh, media here just kind of bat an eyelash and the Canadian public went ahead and reelected him we all know what would happen if that was a conservative politician we know what would happen we know that a conservative politician would not got away with inter- uh, interfering in a criminal trial of a corporation that was donating to him for those of uh, my American audience who are not familiar with the story, Justin Trudeau, Mr. Blackface. He is the darling of the left elite in this country. He uh, was caught dancing blackface. He had pictures of himself in blackface. He was also involved in interfering in a criminal trial. A corporation here in Canada, SNC-Lavalin is the name of the company, construction engineering firm. They donated a lot of money to the Liberal Party of Canada, they were being under investigation. Justin Trudeau told his attorney general to hold off on the investigation until after the election. The attorney general testified to this under oath, uh, which uh, was very uh, damning, damning testimony for Mr. Trudeau compared to what was going on stateside. It's just amazing to me. So you see all these smug Canadians uh, pointing at orange man bad and the Russia collusion uh, hoax, the Ukraine quid pro quo, quid pro quo uh, allegations. And just watching the American uh, media, the American Justice Department throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks is, uh, regarding Mr. Trump, and coming up and coming up spades zero. And here's a actual crime committed here in Canada, but their darling Trudeau gets reelected, but they're still snorting and harrumphing over Orange Man Bad. So that's where we are in 2020, and I blame myself as a conservative, for keeping my mouth shut for the last 30, 40 years, keeping my cards close to my chest and not speaking up. Because we're seeing now the battle is bigger. It's uh, kind of a Churchill kind of uh, situation where he uh, says, we should have fought the Nazis when they invaded Czechoslovakia. And now they're in Dunkirk. They've invaded France. And now we've got 10 times the battle. We had a small battle before. We could have probably eliminated Adolf Hitler and his goons when he invaded the, in, the Sudetenland, I believe it was in 1938, 37. I'm sure my, my dates, historians can correct me on that. And waited X number of years until the, the Wehrmacht was built up. The German Nazi war machine was just in full swing. And had enough hardware to basically occupy a good part of Europe, most of Europe. And then we, he kind of sat back and said, boy, we've got our work cut out for us now. So that's the way I'm feeling now. That's what I, my assessment of the situation is now. There is a large battle to be fought, but it will not be done. Again, I reiterate, it will not be done by a conservative politician. Because quite frankly, there just aren't any, especially in Canada. There are no... There's no Donald Trump counterpart here in the Great White North. There's no one here to throw down against the powers that be. Uh, There's millions of Canadians who are not happy with the status quo, but there is no politician to answer that particular sentiment. Uh, Maxime Bernier from the PPC uh, is one man who, if you listen to his policies, it, it resonates with me. I listen to what he says. I think, you know, unbelievable. He's right on the money. He's very... He's kind of a Canadian Rand Paul. He talks about central banking, fiat currency, all these things that need to be talked about. But uh, he gets very little respect. He gets zero respect from the media, of course. He lost his seat in the last federal election. So the mainstream media, of course, uh, have castigated him as a racist and a, you know, whatever, whatever a name they can tag on a person who's right of center. And the Conservative Party in Canada, which is really a liberal light, hired a hatchet man by the name of Warren Kinsella to go after the PPC and expose them as a bunch of racists. So there really is no alternative to the leftist liberal governing system that, that Canada is under. So Max, who I who I admire what he says... I don't know the man personally. So there's people like him that, uh, that I believe offer a clear alternative vision to the way Canada is going. So I just want to emphasize that my mission is to really be another voice. Lend my voice, my support to an alternate vision of Canada and to remind people that what makes us great is our membership in western civilization and not forget why our country is is a desired destination has been traditionally for people all around the world and the self-loathing anti-western anti-american anti-christian view that is so celebrated in secular culture and modern culture is the reason why is the reason why our our countries have become such uh, desired places to immigrate to, and uh, that's what I want to do. That is what I intend on doing, and to bring you the kind of information that will counter the. Narrative, the mantra that comes out of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or the CTV or Global News Network, who are also, incidentally, on the payroll of the Liberal Party in Canada. So, the thousand yard stare is about looking ahead, really seeing what is going to happen in the long term. That's what I want to impart to my listeners. And just to make you feel welcome and also commiserate. I welcome comments from other conservatives because being a conservative in Canada or being a conservative in any blue state and you're surrounded with leftists and being a conservative in corporate culture is extremely difficult and it's hard on your physical, hard on your, your mental health, um, Conservatives are not crybabies. We've been raised with uh, facts, not feelings. But at the same time, there are many things to get emotional about as a conservative. You're seeing, um, like I said before, alluded to the normalization of pedophilia, uh, live birth abortion, uh, blatant hatred of the police, just a kind of knee-jerk hatred of any uh, officer of the law. And these sorts of things would kind of wear on you. And you're seeing basic respect for due process being being thrown underfoot to get the great headlines. So that is my intention here at Thousand Yard Stare. And I will always speak my perspective freely without fear of reprisal. I'm not in a corporate setting. I'm not worried about another boss seeing my email. I'm not worried about a coworker taking a fence or uh, a snowflake getting harmed, seeking a safe space. I'll always call it as I see it. And I'll do it in a very entertaining fashion. And I will do it with a sense of humor. And I don't want this to be coming across as some kind of dark somber, serious, using words like thousand yard stare, using words like throw down or using analogies like the Second World War. I don't mean for it to be a angry or raging kind of sentiment. This is simply a clear communication venue for myself and for others. God bless all of you. And welcome to Thousand Yard Stare. I'm excited about the journey ahead. And I'm excited about helping you open your mind. And I'm excited about undermining the effect of the corporate legacy media.